Holy Puck, your number one source of hockey news, views, and abuse. It seems to be part of the course for the fucking Habs these days. I, I will definitely take all your advice on spark plugs. You're a piece of shit. Uh, it's good, wholesome fun. Vibes around. Good vibes around. Holy Puck. Old fans longing for a return to the glory days. So aggressive. And then there's young fans so who don't aggressive. know what a glory day is. Shame! Braden's budgie. It was such a one-sided fight. It was brutal. That's top-notch comedy. If you don't appreciate that, you can fuck off. Here we go, Cam. We've started episode 24. I'm John. This is Cam. Welcome to Holy Puck, your number one source of hockey news, views, and abuse. Let's talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs. Let's talk Before about Before we final. talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs, though, can I drop a sweet, not-so-humble brag? No, Cam. Yes. Yes, you can. Do you, do you see who started following us on Dust Socials this week? I do, because you told me 19 times this week. Matthew Pavlich, Fremantle Dockers legend, guru. Apparently, he's uh, discovered that hockey is, in fact, a phenomenal sport. And obviously, he's like, well, fuck, where am I going to go to learn about this great game and get all the all the hot gossip? Obviously, two dickheads from Melbourne as opposed to a North American resource. Of course. What a legend. Um. Although, if we're being serious about it, what I'm assuming is he's gone and caught some Perth Thunder games and people involved with the team have probably said, oh, there's actually an Australian podcast. That might be a good starting point. Yeah, maybe. And good on them either, for good on them for waiting way, us up. Either way, it's great. Either way. Either or, way, it's great. I, I kind of feel like, you know, we're killing it uh, a little bit. A little bit. It's, it's well, I mean, a having a professional footballer follow us, whilst it has nothing to do with hockey per se, it at least has something to do with sports in Australia. So, you know, good on us. And solid humble brag, Cam. And, and the big Pab's a big guru as well. Of course he is. What a solid. So I kind of feel like we've hit a few milestones this season. If you'll allow me to get nostalgic for a moment. Wow, like, we were, like we were we, right about we, a bunch of stuff this year. Check. Well, look, it, it's the first time we did it. You and I had been talking about doing something a little more general sports for a while. We decided to make it all hockey. We did it. Everyone said that we couldn't do it and that we would fail after two episodes. How wrong were they? So wrong. Uh, Everyone can fucking suck me off. Exactly, because we've got 24 episodes in the bank. Yes, we've been deleted by iTunes once, but who cares? (laughs) We're back, baby, and it doesn't matter. Well... I've I've made a little a little milestone uh, memoir, if you will. So here's is it a spreadsheet, Cam? We started the podcast. Love it. We started the website. We put regular content on the website. We did. People are actually fucking going there, which, which is, is bizarre. Insane. Actually, we, you know what? <laughs> Some interesting sidebar: people actually go to the website to listen to the new uh, the new apps. How who Crazy. knew? Who knew? It's, it's bizarre. Crazy. Anyway, continue uninterrupted. We, we, we punched on with Apple and iTunes and we won. And we did. Back. And we're we, back. We've made some new friends. The Cheapskate guys are lovely. They're presenting the show. We've had a couple of guests on. We've now got interest from other people that want to come on and do the show. Which is Matt, bizarre, Matt, by the way. Things for a bunch of legends. You know what? Job well done, John. Good on you. Well, good on you, Cam. And you know what? I will say, in regards to the Cheapskate hockey guys... They gave us some cheap, some freebie swag. I rock my Cheapskate t-shirt with pride all the time, a.k.a. Mm. every Friday to work because it's casual uh, Friday. But you know what? You it's great. It's a great time. It's a great time to be alive. So, you know what? Like We're not in the same room right now, but if I was, I would shake your hand. I would give you about at least two high fives. Thank Fantastic. Great time. Anyway, let's talk some hockey, Cam. Hey, let's talk some actual hockey. So, look, obviously... You know, it's been 48-odd hours now. The Pittsburgh Penguins have won the 2016 Stanley Cup. They took the series 4-2 over the hapless 
San Jose Sharks and poor yeah. Jumbo Joe looked absolutely gutted. Yeah, uh, I, I, I feel bad for Jumbo. Coming, it seems like everyone except for Joe knew it was coming. What are you going to do? I know. Well, Jumbo's merry band of legends, I will say, unfortunately, just missed out. But, I mean, I like we were talking off air a moment ago, like, let's be honest, um, nobody really thought that they were going to win it in the end. We were laughing, like, just last week about how it's all over. And, yay, they managed to pull back one game. Good on them. But, look, in the end, it just wasn't to be. Um I Clinton really thought the Sharks were going to win. Sorry? Clinton thought the Sharks were going to win. Yeah, but he's win. a Sharks you know fan. He has the to. Blind op- the blind optimism of new hockey fans. Clinton, you're our friend. We love you. We love that you've embraced this great game so much since we introduced you to it. Yeah, but big God fan. Damn, son, they never stood a chance. Yeah, <laughs> no. And us pumping up his tires didn't help either. Well, look, we definitely lulled him into a false sense of security. Yeah, hello and welcome to be a hockey fan. No one will be your guide. <laughs> Yeah, and look, that was the thing. And as I, I did try and explain to him on a few occasions, I, I said, "So you're not like John and I. Like you haven't, you haven't been beaten down and disappointed yet. So you, you still, you know, you well, there's, no, like, there's no, like, like a, a there's no heartbreak. It's not real fan yet. Happy. <laughs> there's no such thing as a happy hockey fan. We're, we're all heartbroken. We're all dusty. We're all a little dirty. We're all a little upset. But just because most of our teams suck, and there's so many teams in, in the in, in the in the league. There's 32. Like. What are you gonna do? Well, it, it could, it could. Well, no, there's thirty, and there's gonna be a thirty-first. Lol. Yeah. Uh, well, there's be, there's plans, but there's quite a lot of teams though. Like, essentially, twenty-nine teams have to blow it every year, right? That's a lot of teams, man. Well, you know, what? I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the optimistic high road here and say of twenty-nine you teams are. don't have to blow it because I don't feel like San Jose blew it. I just feel like Pittsburgh were the far superior team, and it's not a case of the Sharks blowing it, but the Penguins just played a fantastic series. They did. And you know what? They they haven't necessarily made me hate them less. I'm just more lukewarm towards them now. That's all I. I don't. Say. You know what? I can't even lie. I don't. I don't hate them. I don't hate anything about this series win. I think it was well deserved. Uh, I like the story of the mid-season coaching change to Mike Sullivan. I like the the sub story to that and being that, you know, Sullivan blooded a bunch of his AHL alum, you know, Sheary, Ron Murray into the the big club and that's obviously paid dividends for him. Um, I think Crosby, even though it doesn't even though he didn't score as many points as he has in previous years, the kind of hockey he played in the final series was very Taves esque, a very uh, you know, defensively clamped down two way game and it got the job done. So I don't love them but I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I fucking hate Pittsburgh and yell at people on my computer anymore. Yeah, I'm, well, I, you're right. I'm not going to pick up. I'm, I'm not going to jump on a, to, to forums and posts and be all angry about it. What I will say is that I wish another team had won it. I'll just leave it at that. That's all. Hey, here's a serious question then, because we all know where my hatred lies. I obviously direct my hate towards Montreal. Of I course. direct it towards Vancouver. Um you the know, Rangers I'm also going to go on the hate train. Towards Pittsburgh, I fucking hate the Rangers as well. Exactly, but right? You, you and I have always shared a, a mutual uh, hate of the Penguins, and now that that hate is subsiding slash has subsided, where are we going to redirect that hate? I think we need to find a new team that we're both going to universally dislike. I agree, and you know what? I was thinking about this early this week. Actually, solid sidebar, by the way. I was thinking, thank like, you. Yeah, well, I was thinking like, you know what? I hate the pens, but I'm like, 
my, my wife said to me, why do you hate the pens? I'm like, well, straight up, first and foremost, they are the pens, right? And I fucking mm. hate Sid and I hate the whole thing. But then I started to think hate about it this fans. year. Hate their fans in particular. Like, holy shit, that dude crying at the end of game three. Like, oh, oh. oh I know, right? But at the same time, I'm like, there's a lot to like about this year and there's a lot to get behind. So I'm like, fuck. Like I'm gonna have to like you've like you've just asked. I'm gonna have to redirect this hate somewhere else. Is it towards Philly? Well, I can't because it's such a good story. They made it to the playoffs this year. They probably shouldn't have. You know, they're a bit of ragtag outfit. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it lands. But we need we well, definitely need somewhere. Yeah, I mean, hate. I can see. I'm I'm the same. Like I mean, I the Broad Street Boys is an incredible story. Um, I love Wayne Simmons. Oh, I was a big oh. Eric Lindros fan. Um, so, you know, I can't get on board the Philly hate train. No, neither. Um, this, I mean, interesting, this is great. The interesting thing for us is when you talk to a lot of North American hockey fans, a lot of the teams and rivals that they hate, it's a very organic, natural, geographically driven hatred. So we're almost more fortunate because we're not embedded in those areas. We can make our hate-filled decisions for a number of other reasons. Oh, yeah. We can just pick and choose. I Which kind is... of feel like I've got an option for us. Oh, really? You ready? I mean, we don't have to hate them. It's just an option to hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, this this concept, so on the Around the NFL podcast, fantastic podcast, you know I'm a big NFL fan. I they do. nominate a team of, uh, of the podcast team every year, so a team that they all collectively get behind and root for and hope that they win the Super Bowl. So, i.e., last, last season it was the Cardinals, for example. Yeah. I want us to nominate a team that we both fucking hate and encourage all our guests to dislike and all our friends and fans to dislike as well. Oh, that's great news. So it's it's basically me saying, look, there's a great idea from another code and another podcast. Let's flip it on its head and, do, and let's and make it, take it in a naturally negative direction. Because Which that's is what we us. do. That's, that is. And we, we immediately go to the negative. Um, so I love it. I, 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 can, I, can, I, can I suggest one? Can I do that? You suggest one, and and then I will tell you if it was who I was going to suggest. Vancouver Canucks. I mean, look, I'm obviously totally on board because I can't <laughs> fucking stand them. I um, knew. It wasn't who I, it wasn't who I was going to suggest though. Oh, who are we going to suggest? Because I was going to go with the Canucks, like just because they're an easy team to hate. Um, I was going to say the Anaheim Ducks. Oh my god. Oh because my god, that's amazing! Oh, you, I know for, what you're gonna say for, for a number of reasons. So <laughs> I know what you're gonna say. You read the news today, you fucking sandbag, yeah, son of a bitch. Re- reappointing Randy Carlisle is a huge you fucking moron move. So I'm all aboard hating on that. Oh. Um, I they're one of those teams that unless you live in or root for a California team, you've never really had beef with them. They just exist. You kind of, you kind of go, okay, good on you. You've won a Stanley cup in your existence. Yeah. 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 Um, and obviously everybody hates Corey Perry. That's oh, fine. Yeah. The, the more I think about it, the more you the hate more Ryan gets left. I think about the things that they do. Yeah. And the more I think about the things that occur, I'm like, you know what? Fuck the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> I was going to say, a, a second, I mean, another team that we could potentially hate as well could be the St. Louis Blues. Why? Like, I'm, I'm not adverse to it. I just want to know why. Because they hired Mikey O today. What up? Yeah, but... Why? It's the thing for me that's really interesting with that. <sighs> so they hired Mikey O as an assistant coach on a succession plan. 
Yeah. Because obviously Ken Hitchcock said this is his last dance, it's his last season, that's it. Yeah, and so they're gonna pass the torch in the head coaching role. Yeah, yeah. I like 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 a like a Nathan Buckley style passing of the torch. Yes, exactly. Now for you North American listeners, uh the football club I support here, our local code, we tried a succession plan. We won a premiership in two thousand and ten. We finished runners up in two thousand and eleven. But and then we tried a succession plan. And since that succession plan, when we handed the reins to our club greatest active son uh everything has gone to the dogs and it's been a giant mess yeah some would say without so remorse plus to fuck we should hate on st louis, st louis is i actually think it's going to provide us with months of entertainment because here's what's going to happen oh it's all going to crum- come to a crumbling heap and they're going to have to flip they're going to get behind the coach for a year they're going to flip all their, their, big, their big players they're going to unload some contracts we're going to sit back Day and enjoy better. it it's Day, going to be just Day great you know, or they they'll be really... forced to move into one of the new expansion slots, opening up a new team <laughs> in St. Louis, which would no. be even funnier. Go you one better. <laughs> All right. St. Louis, St. Louis is going to start the season really badly because they're going to lose you know, David Backus, they're going to trade Kevin Shattenkirk because oh, they've course. got all these new young players, all of which makes sense on paper, right? But then they're going to, they're going to give away too much glue. But then... It's all going to fall apart. Oh, God. They're going to fire Ken Hitchcock three months into his farewell lap, Mike Yo is going to assume the head coaching job it's going ahead to be of time. Worse. And it's going to be a horrible first season. <laughs> and then he's going to freak the fuck out and resign. <laughs> I really like that. Good on you, Cam. I, I, you know what? Everything that we just said, then I totally back. Uh, yeah. So look, I'm, I'm happy to keep Vancouver on the list. Um, I'm happy to keep Anaheim on the list. St. Louis, I'm TBC on because I kind of think they're going to give us enough comedy. I don't want to hate on them. I kind of want to. I want to pat them on the back and encourage them to make more bad decisions. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's better for everyone if they do. Um, I kind of feel like there's one we're not. Well, there's one that we constantly overlook. Really? Because that yeah, it, it's such a nothing. It, it's such a nothing thing. Like non-threatening thing. It's such a non-threatening thing. Do you know who I'm talking about? Can you venture a guess? No. I just want to be a total asshole and say Ottawa. <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to say something stupid like that. And <laughs> you know who what? Who fucking cares? I, I, don't, I don't hate it. I'm not adverse to it. Let me just say that. Yeah, like I kind of feel like they get away with just existing and like no one really hates the Senators because they're like, oh yeah, like, you know, they're a good team, but... They're not good enough to be worried about them. And, no one's oh, afraid. You know, they're, they're a bad team, but they're not so bad that they're going to bottom out and get like you know the number one pick so we don't have to be jealous of them. Yeah, I Eric Carlson's like great. He, He's got a great they, haircut. There's nothing wrong with him. Just yeah, the they, rest they, of the team escaped, sucks. They've escaped our ire for too long. Mm. Mate, so they, I I feel, maybe we should go for a Canadian team. Vancouver, maybe. Anaheim, and Ottawa. You know what? Let's put like a poll up on one of our mm. pages and see who see what the guys say. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure there are people out there who have an opinion either way. And I'm sure people who habitually listen to this this podcast and for whatever reason they still do it, I'm sure that they will have an opinion on which team for us to hate next season. And let's be honest, either way it's going to be comedy gold. So I'm I'm on board. For me, I really hope that the poll comes back with Anaheim because I'm going to hate Vancouver anyway. Like I don't need I don't need a social media tally to tell me to hate the Vancouver Canucks. That's true. You know what? Let's just make it Anaheim anyway, because now Brucey's gone. There's no point in. in I don't. I, there, I have no affiliation. I don't care. Brucey's moved on. He's at the Wild now. We we, we can our, our love transfers over to the Wild. We already love them anyway, but now our yeah. hatred can start All to right, fester so it's and 9:30 grow. 9:30 p.m. 
on Wednesday, June 15th. And we have officially declared our hate for the Anaheim Ducks. And we are declaring that for the 2016-2017 season, the Anaheim Ducks are the team that we are going to, uh, for no reason, yeah, no, for no, yeah. for no, for, for no, <laughs> no logical reason. No logical or comprehensible reason. Just hate. Just pure hate. We're going to fill up a bucket full of hate and just tip it on them every week. Fantastic. Love it. Anyway, so we're just for 15 minutes, we've talked about stuff that we didn't even plan. So, mad. Second of all, let's talk about um, how bad the Sharks have been in the last few games. I will. I, I want to talk specifically about the last game of the season, and I want to talk specifically about the last two periods. Um they came. They look like they came out with a bit of a bit of muster in the first period. The last two periods was, for lack of a better word, flaccid, flaccid. Yeah, attempts. you know what? I, I they I gave up. Agree. Like I, I just think they they got out hustled. Like they uh, to me, it looked like they gave up, dude. Them. They they just. I was watching that game. I'm like, but it was the whole game was just like it was paint by numbers hockey. It was they every every forward attempt. Like and taking the taking the puck out of their own zone was all paint by numbers. It was up down up down. It was up down getting the zone weight. It was classic playoff hockey. No one wanted to um, to to take a risk. As in the Pens didn't want to take a risk to because they were defending their lead. But secondly, the Sharks didn't want to make a take a risk because they were down a goal and therefore they didn't want to tr- potentially concede another one. So they were too scared to do something. But in a game where they needed to do something to force Game Seven. So, can I res- can I respectfully disagree? Of course you can. That's my perspective, though. I, I, I don't. I just don't think it was the kind of game that they they would have walked away from feeling happy about. I I don't know if it was a flaccid performance. I don't think it's that. I think it just reached a point midway through that second period where they all looked at each other and said, "Nothing's working." Yeah, as in Nothing we're definitely in our playbooks working. Yeah, we like that. That's when their shoulders dropped. And they said, you know what? We can't beat this team. Yeah. They're faster than us. They move the puck out of their own zone quicker than we do. They cop when out they're on defense, and do nothing. the whole team's playing defense. Right. The reason Matt Murray is so good is because everyone's defending the net around him. I think the realization just kicked in that they all looked at each other and went, boys, you know what? We can't beat them. Yeah. And thus, that led to their, their, their performance. Um and I, I, you know what, I agree. Um, but I, I also think that it was just, it was, it was kind of rough to watch because I'm like, there was a couple of chances here and there, like you know, Malkin missed that fucking amazing open netter somehow. Um, there was a few. Oh no, you mean that the Kunitz, Kunitz opted not to shoot on the open net and passed it to Malkin, putting yeah, him who's... in a really difficult position in the crease. Yeah, yeah, and it just went nowhere. Um, and and there was a couple of opportunities at the other end, obviously. But like like I said, there was just not enough. Like I think you're right in in terms of the the emotional blow. But that being said, I don't know if they really you know they had essentially forty minutes of hockey to play of sixty minutes of hockey to play, and they only played about sixteen minutes of it. Um, in yeah. terms of real like attacking like in the last four minutes of the first period they're just like well fuck it and then they came out they really tried the first five minutes of maybe the first five minutes of the second period and in the third period they just weren't even there like it was a it was a rough i think it was a rough representation for the sharks fans who were there well look all, all jokes aside look pittsburgh deserved to win um I'm glad they won. I loved seeing Pascal Dupuis donning a jersey and going out there and getting to raise the cup. Obviously, what a he was 
what a legend retirement what a medical moment. issues this year so that could become very well our best good news story of the year well potentially well that's what i mean we're gonna we're gonna do a full season wrap in a few weeks or potentially next week depending on scheduling weather permitting should i say um, well, I mean, essentially, we're looking at doing a ninety, a ninety minutes, two hour end of season wrap covering a lot of shit. So we're actually going to work on it and start hoarding that information tomorrow, and we will report back to you, the good listener, and let you know if that's occurring next week or the week after, because we want to make it a massive one. Yeah, it's going to be the longest one. So I agree. I mean, Big Pascal being out there was probably the most heartwarming moment. I think. Um, the, the almost awkward moment um, of the whole presentation was when uh, <laughs> when old, old mate old, old mate Pierre was interviewing Sid at the end. It's like he almost wanted to get down on bended knee and suck his dick on TV. It was so oh weird. God, he's it, he's such a shameful Sid Homer, isn't oh he? Oh my God, it was just he. That's right, you you've nailed it. It's shameful Sid Homer, and it's just like um, it was just terrible. Like everyone was like even. Like you can even like you can almost hear Mike Milbury on mute going, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> like, the thing I really liked is just I love how people in the past have said San Jose is not a real hockey town, and I think they proved it not just in the manner in which they came out for the series and the show they put on, but the sheer volume of the booze they directed at Batman. Yes, just that, and like he obviously had a few key things like queued up, and like he just had to get through them anyway. And he's like, uh, yeah. uh, and and you know, good on them, and good on them for showing the you know collective hate for Batman. So, on I guess our last point of of this wrap um, will be the Con Smythe and your thoughts on the, pen- oh. the potential snubbing of a couple of key players from the Pens. Do you think yep. Sid deserved it? And do you think that his I guess potentially revised role for the back half of the year and potentially the on the entirety of the playoffs. Do you think that that led to him deserving deserving the Con Smythe, or do you think there was more to it? All right, I'm putting my rant hat on and I'm I'm diving in like I'm strapping on a helmet. And I'm going to storm this beach like it's fucking Normandy. I knew, I knew it. I knew you were ready. I could just All smell right. it on you. Look, there's no doubt Sid was one of the best players on the ice every game, uh, even if it wasn't reflected on the score sheet. Like I said before, his two-way game, his defense, he, he did a fantastic job throughout the playoffs for that. Um, and the way he was able to help his teammates to execute as well. However, there's a number of other Penguins players who I believe either came very close in the Consmite voting, uh, voting, I should say, or were probably a little bit ripped off. And I'm going to whip through a real quick for you. All right. Number one, Phil the Kessel run. Well, obviously he was on the tip of my tongue. So obviously Phil Kessel like swooped through this playoff series, um, become an even bigger name. How do you think that he was, he was snubbed cam? What, what is, what is it you want to rant about? (laughs) Well, he's the team's leading scorer. He's a Stanley cup winning team's leading scorer. He was a threat every time he stepped on the ice. He's a man whose love of hot dogs is only surpassed by the thrill he gets from routinely putting the puck in the net and the cheeseburgers in his mouth. Correct. All right. So, and he's American. And he's American, which probably worked against him because boy, oh boy, they don't want to fucking give an American the consmice, do they? I know, anyways, which is weird. Moving on. Anyways, anyways, imperial racism aside. <laughs> uh, True. Kessel's postseason was so good though that, I mean, he, Benino and Haglund have pretty much become the single best line in hockey. The reason he didn't win the voters are still caught up in the perception of what Phil Kessel used to be. Not who he, he is. He That's used right. to be considered defensively irresponsible, lazy, and a locker room issue. 
He used to be all those things. He's not those things anymore. And there's a good chance he never was those things. He was just playing on shitty teams. So I believe the league's power brokers politely suggested that their poster boy in the face of Canadian hockey gets the nod ahead of the US-born lumberjack resembling Kessel. Why? Because everyone's a fucking prick, John. I know, Cam. But I I will say that when I was thinking about who deserved the Con Smythe in terms of because it's not just the the Stanley Cup final series, it's the whole playoffs end to end. And I thought that I, I thought it was weird that Carl Hagelin wasn't was ne- not necessarily registered um, mentioned in the race, and neither was Nick Benino, who I thought played his ass off for the whole year, and also played his ass off to a next level in 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 the finals. So well, the I, think the, I, so, I understand the Benino and Hagelin thing because I think the the voters would be saying, okay, the reason they look so good is because their their line basically came alive when Phil was inserted. So if yeah. anyone from that line was going to get the nod, it was Phil. Um, so moving I, moving on to I, to pretend to to obviously the standout performance, the the breakout performance oh. of Matt Murray. He was snubbed, obviously. Well, not necessarily snubbed. I mean, it's hard to give it to a rookie as well. I think it's 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 a really hard decision, in, I guess, particularly when you've got Chris Letang sitting in front of you. Um, for well, twenty eight yeah. minutes a game, I, I think that's it, and and I think Murray's thing is twofold. I think mm-hmm. that his sudden emergence and the fact that he is a rookie and he's raw, and maybe he doesn't deserve it. Maybe that played into voters' minds potentially. Um, and and I think you've hit the nail on the head that the third potential Consmite candidate, uh, or additional candidate, I should say, behind Sid should have been Chris Letang, who in turn is probably a reason Matt Murray didn't win because they'll say, "Wow, Letang played." 30 minutes a night and was blocking shots and was skating the puck out of the pen zone every game. Maybe that's why Matt Murray looks so good. Yeah. Uh, Chris Letang was protecting him. And vice versa. You know, maybe maybe Letang was better because he was given a much better goalie to play behind to play behind him. So potentially they cancelled each other out. Let's say Phil Kessel was potentially snubbed because not only does he like hot dogs and that goes against Bettman's haircut, but he also is from America, which is a big problem. And the potential... Um, you know, you know, past, uh, past issues. Um, so that leaves us only with Sid, Sidney Crosby. So I, I understand what you're saying is the algorithm is as follows: you start with Crosby, Kessel, Murray, and Latang. You rule out Kessel because he's a yank. You rule out Murray because he gets too much help from Latang, and you rule out Latang because he's not Sidney Crosby, which leaves you with Sidney Crosby. Pretty much, which is a bit, unf- which is a bit sad, but you know what. It is what it is. They had to give it to our current generation's Mr. Hockey. Um, and it's it's just one of those things, unfortunately. I didn't like it because I don't really like Sidney Crosby. What I will say, though, as he's getting older, he's becoming far easier to stomach as an individual and as a hockey player, I will say. Yeah, far more likable. And I think his game's a lot more rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? The other thing is, too, maybe you and I are just maturing and we can see him for what he is and we can stop being dickheads. Yeah, I think so. Do you know what I would like to finish with, John? Of course. Uh, no, I don't, but I'd like I'd like you to tell me. Did you see what Jimmy Kimmel did to the LA Kings fans today? I did, and it was phenomenal. Let's talk about that. So for those that haven't seen this clip, <laughs> and I strongly urge you to do so, uh, Jimmy Kimmel played on the fact that LA sports fans, and I'm sorry, LA sports fans, but I'm speaking the truth, uh, don't uh, know are shit. largely known as a fickle bandwagon <laughs> hopping bunch. So, so what did he do? What did he do? This is the best. 
Well, he walked around downtown LA okay. and he approached people who were in King's gear or claimed to be hockey fans after a little bit of questioning and said, how excited are you that the LA Kings just won the Stanley Cup? The responses ranged uh, in their enthusiasm and the response time. So basically did. everyone said, dude, we're stoked. We love the Kings. We watched the game last night. No, One young you gentleman said, oh, my whole family are huge fans. We listened last night on the radio. What a great memory and experience. One woman in a Kings jersey said, I'm a season ticket holder. I couldn't be happier. You are all fucking morons. Ah, uh, yes. So let's be honest. The responses ranged from lukewarm to just flat out fantasy, as usual with Kings fans. So, but the best the best thing is, is though the is. final interviewee was like a nine year old kid who screwed up his face and said the Kings didn't play last night, man. And I'm like, thank yeah. fuck that one of you is not a dickhead. And he's fucking nine years old. Are you fucking kidding me with this shit? Yep. We've said this before. You can count the number of non-dickhead Kings fans. And, and look, 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 let's back up a little bit. You can count the number of actual been around for a while non-dickhead Kings fans on less than two hands in Australia. Oh, yeah. And in LA, even less. Well, in, in LA, there's <laughs> Kings fans who have been around years and they are legit. We're not questioning their legitimacy, but what we are calling out is how fucking hot and cold you go on your teams. Like, the oh, fact dude, the that LA sports the, the, fans. The, mo the moment it oh looked like God. the Kings weren't going to win a title, you completely tuned out and forgot they were a hockey oh, team. Yeah. Just peace out, man. What's what's hockey? Is it a sport still? Is it played? I don't understand, though. Like, I don't, I don't understand that approach because the Clippers and the Lakers both aren't. Like, the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. The Clippers were done very early in the piece. Um, you know, it's June. So, I mean, let's be honest. You don't really need to pay attention to baseball till late August. Yeah. Um, and the Rams have only just relocated to LA and don't play their first game till October. You've got nothing else to do. Pay attention to the Kings, you dickheads. <laughs> I know. It's terrible. But, you know, par for the course. We've spoken about this many times before in regards to the Kings fans and how fickle they are and how lacking in knowledge all of them are, bar a few choice legends. Um, of which there are extremely few of them. Um, to be to be fair, you could probably say that about most fans of most teams in Australia. I like I, my most fans of most sports. Is, to be honest, yeah, my assumption is like a, in in the local in in the local you know world. If I see you kicking about in a a Kings or Hawks or a Pens jersey, my skepticism is very high. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I read but a post I today. You telling me that you know absolutely everything, please. Dude, I read a post today of some dude that it was in a mall in like Sydney, and like there was this chick there, and she was rocking a a, a Sagan jersey, and he like, oh, I saw that. Yeah, he walked up that. to her, and he's like, oh, it's shame about the playoffs, and she's like, what playoffs? And he's like, yeah. oh shit, <laughs> people probably shouldn't finish this combo. Then you're only going to get upset and walks away. But you, but you know whose fault that is though, because Rihanna wore a Senator's throwback jersey as a dress a few years ago. Uh, which point A, not mad about, not even a little bit. But point B, <laughs> it's introduced hockey jerseys as female fashion accessories. Ah uh, yes, and it's ruined it for everyone. In the same way that when Tupac wore a Red, uh, Red Wings jersey in the '90s, it did the same thing then for dudes. Ah uh, yes, that's true because. Let's be honest, there is a huge groundswell of Detroit jerseys on dudes that have no idea what hockey is. I can hey, fi him. Final point to wrap up the show, actually, speaking of Detroit jerseys. Oh, yeah. I, read an article, I read an article earlier that the reason that the character Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off wears a Red Wings jersey is because the movie's set in Chicago 
Um, and obviously, for those that have seen the movie, he has a very tenuous relationship with his father. Yes. The assumption is, as a Chicagoan, his father is a diehard Black Hawk supporter. Therefore, the best way to rebel as a child is to support the rival Red Wings, which is why they put him in a Red Wings jersey. Ah. Actually, very- excellent sidebar. Have you read the theory about Ferris Bueller's Day Off, wherein Ferris Bueller actually doesn't exist? He's the... Uh, imaginary friend it's called the fight club theory it's he's he's the imaginary friend of cameron and cameron essentially doesn't do anything he just stays in his room all day and it's just the imagination of him so the only thing that is real is him actually like trying to kill himself in the pool um and that that's the whole story so basically if you look at it from the fight club perspective it's actually a totally different movie and it's actually kind of weird yeah, you've pretty much ruined one of my favorite movies. Thanks, man. <laughs> Suck it, nerd. <laughs> well, on that note, I'm going to bid you uh, bid you a farewell. We're going to go start hoarding our information for our big end-of-season wrap-up. And, John, in the next 24 hours, you are going to launch our GoFundMe for the stupid Phil Kessel tattoo. I am. And that's another point. That's Maybe this is what we should use at the end of the show. In fact, we will. I'm going to raise a GoFundMe, and I'm going to get you the money to get a fucking stupid tattoo, and I'm going to film it, and I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to have, like, two beers... Maybe three if it's on a school night. And then you're going to have a tatty forever. We're going to get ourselves internet famous and everyone's going to be a big fat winner. Yeah, we'll obviously upload that video as a video app to the website. I also worked out what the tattoo is going to be as well. It's going to be a uh, cartoon-style take on Kessel and his head's going to be resting in a sandwich bed and the sandwich is going to have its little sandwich wrap around it that'll say HBK. Oh, everything's great. You know what? We should use that as a springboard to get Phil, Phil on the show for at least 25 seconds. I tell you what, if I get a Phil Castle tatty and he doesn't even respond to my tweet, I'm going to be fucking off it. Yeah, but then you'll realize that you've got a pretty, pretty sick tatty and you'll get over it pretty quick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it is. All right. I'm done. You're done. I'm John. You're Cam. Excellent podcast, Cam. This is Holy Park Podcast, episode 24. Top notch. Take care. Nerd.